BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. system work <laughs> we're working through it mm. work in progress why are we having them in so many different locations why are some here and some there i don't understand is there a reason uh, no me what mm. i got a, only a vague idea okay. we're we're implementing new procedures and systems new duties and i said duty and it's all going to be perfect soon. Before we get to uh, what we are going to talk about, so Nancy Pelosi apparently just got a little testy with a reporter saying, you keep asking me the same question, and I keep giving you the same answer. I need to wait and see what the arena of the Senate is going to be like before <laughs> I send the impeachment articles over. I'm going to wait to see what the arena of the Senate will be like. That is sure as hell unprecedented. The House is not going to send these articles and you until you tell us what you're going to do with them. I mean, that's hilariously just phony. 
Yeah, I'm so not, don't but, mess with me. But it's all about perception. Nancy understands that. She's just trying to move the polls. All right. I'm not. I'm not uh, like uh, you know the talk show hosts on TV or radio or whatever. It's unconstitutional. And I don't. I, none of that matters. To it's me. all a TV show. I, yeah, it's all a TV show. I just can't figure out what her game is. Usually, I can see what the game is on these TV shows. It's, it's to pre-brand the Senate procedure as crooked, but it doesn't appear to be working. As I I take in like a number of shows on MSNBC in various places, nobody. On that side of the aisle seems to understand why this is helping. Right. I, I, there's nobody, right or left, that thinks, ah, I see what she's up to. This is the, ah, this is her game. I think the problem is nobody cares enough to think that, right? It's like somebody told me the WNBA was fixed. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't. You can't get me interested in that story. With all due respect to the plucky gals and the fine basketball they play, I just don't care. I, and that's her problem, and she knows it. Oh, you said the WNBA. Yeah, the WNBA. I was going to say, I have some interest in whether the NBA is fixed. But oh, I do. You're right. You're right. If somebody said, it turns out the WNBA is completely fixed. The New Jersey Generals or whoever <laughs> won, won well, unfairly. If think, it was that bad, it would get my attention. Honestly, from but. an amusing standpoint. <laughs> right. But I don't care. I'm not going to be angry. <laughs> uh, plucky guy. Yeah, it's just looking. Look. And, and I, I don't mean to, you know, work the sexist side of the street or anything. I just don't watch the WNBA. And, and people are not watching this with any interest. It's just not a show they like. Um, and so, you know, she's, she's doing her best to pitch. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was, uh, flipping around the channels. I think I'd landed on CNN on my way in, uh, this morning. God help me. Um, and, and they were interviewing some woman who seemed to be a senator, but was a halfwit, and just a, a, a naked partisan, but not very good at it and the rest of it. And I couldn't figure out who it was. I knew I knew the name Kirsten Gillibrand. It was old no. KG still making the, uh, the the rounds, trying to pitch in advance that um, the president absolutely would be sent on his way immediately if it were not for the evil Mitch McConnell and the pre-fixed Senate. Mm. So they're, they've sent their minions out to pitch that narrative. But like I say, nobody's watching this show. I saw a good clip. We should have dug this up uh, over the Christmas break. Um, it was Chuck Schumer on Larry King in 1999. Omaha, you're on with Charles Schumer. And apparently Chuck Schumer had made the same statement that McConnell made a couple of weeks ago where he said, I've already decided the guy's not guilty. I'm going to vote no on this. And Larry King said, what's the point of having a trial? I mean, if you if you knew the jurors had already decided Mm -hmm. how they were going to vote, why even have a trial? It's the exact reverse of what's happening now. And Chuck Schumer's answer was, it's not a trial. It's a political event it's not a court of law well i'll be danged and i'm a politician (laughs) and i believe and so it's 180 degrees (laughs) just hilarious it really is and now he and others are screaming mitch mcconnell's already decided how he's gonna vote yes he has (laughs) of course he has you know there are days that i think you know i gotta go i gotta go somewhere every day show up do my job you know make a living some days I wish I, I did it like I was, I was a grocer. You know, you come in, you got money, you want bananas. I'm going to give you bananas, and you're <laughs> going to give me money. Everybody goes home happy. That's a completely honest transaction well, right. right there on exactly. all ends. Everybody knows what happened. This is the market price. We weren't, like, screaming lies at each other, which will reverse the next day. It just I think it might be healthier for my soul. On the other hand, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of fun to observe. Uh, politics and all the ridiculousness of it. But anyway.
moving along. So a guy we actually know was a part of Tucker Carlson's look at homelessness in San Francisco last night. American dystopia, which I don't think is an overstatement. If you wait, well, honestly, if you wait till something like that is not an overstatement, it's way too late. Um, yeah, John Handlery, who is uh, one of the owners and guys who operate the fabulous Handlery Hotel uh, chain, including a, a really great hotel right on Union Square in San Francisco, which used to be one of the best locations in the world. Oh, absolutely. Is now a tad scary. Well, he's part of Tucker's show. Almost 40 years I've been here. Uh, it's the worst I've ever seen. John Hanlery runs a hotel near Union Square, which has its own community benefit district. His neighborhood has gotten so bad that he routinely deals with horrified hotel guests. They are troubled by the cleanliness, the fact that they at times don't feel safe seeing people who are sleeping on the sidewalks, and they're baffled. Joe and I have stayed at that hotel 50 times, 100 times. And it used to be, going back now uh, 17 years, Mm -hmm. holy cow, Um, uh, and it used to be, yeah, one of the great spots in the world. You're staying in that hotel, and you are right in the heart of one of the great cities on the planet, and never felt unsafe, unless you got several blocks away, you weren't going to run into the really scary people, right? but that has changed. Yeah, and one of the cool parts about that hotel, by the way, is you'd get into the elevator and, and there would be, uh, you might meet somebody from any country on earth. It's really cool, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's scary, and they used a term at the beginning of that, it flitted out of my mind, the neighborhood interest district, neighborhood concern district, oh, we'll figure that out, but the point is that term, and you'll hear it again. The people in neighborhoods in San Francisco have realized the government has, to a large extent, abandoned them. The police don't bother arresting people for these quality of life crimes, uh, including crapping on the sidewalk and urinating and and stealing every day over and over again from stores with impunity. And so they've had to hire private police forces in what they call the, uh, whatever it is, the Neighborhood Concern District. They have formed a second government in their neighborhood. It's like a neighborhood watch, but on steroids, because the regular government has abandoned them, and they've hired their own police forces to groust people off the doorsteps and quit crapping and quit shooting up in front of an elementary school and the rest of it. They've been forced to form a shadow government. Imagine what people think when they come from other countries. They probably don't come back. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an adventure traveler. I'm not one of those people that likes to go to, 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 to scary places on purpose. But when uh, I vacationed in Mexico City once, I spent a, a week in Mexico City, and I only did the, um, like, you know, where the stores and shops and bars and all that sort of stuff are. It was never as sketchy as downtown San Francisco is. And the Handlery Hotel, you're a block away from Saks Fifth Avenue. Right. I mean, you're, you're, you're where some of the most expensive shopping is in America. And it's sketchy AF <laughs> to walk around there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame, but, you know, sometimes things have to go really far before people get mad enough to change them. You just hope it doesn't go too far. I mean, because once law and order is lost in a civilization... It takes a long time to get it back. I mean, for one thing, it becomes a cultural thing. Kids who grow up knowing the only way to function is by 
uh, is through lawlessness and toughness and guile and the rest of it, they generally don't like become model citizens very easily. So anyway, it's it's a dang shame. Um, um, and as we've made the point, a couple of things. Number one, uh, the criminal gangs have gotten very, very skilled doing what they do over and over and over again in San Francisco. And now they're flooding out across the western United States. And, and doing their smash and grabs and shoplifting. There are giant shoplifting gangs now that are going around the western U.S., most of them from the California Bay Area. And they go in, they raid a store. If any guard stands in their way, they beat them down, and, and, and off they go. And local cops are like, what the hell just happened? Um, so I'm, I'm telling you, oppose this with everything you got, because it's coming to your town. Among the things we're going to talk about this hour, believe it or not, Lizzo's weight. She's the uh, the pop singer who was on Saturday Night Live recently, right? Yeah, did she mm-hmm. when she turned around and showed her uh, her thong, mm. her thong behind? Boy, it my... wasn't the thong that bothered me. It was what the thong failed to cover. My that, kid's got uh, a kick out of that. Whoa! What is that? Yamahama. <laughs> anyway, that and other stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And I love that they're putting images out there that we normally don't get to see of bodies that we don't get to see being celebrated. And um, why are we celebrating her body? Why does it matter? That's what I'm saying. Like, why aren't we celebrating her music? Because it isn't going to be awesome if she gets diabetes. Well, I want to ask you, I'm just being honest. Like, I love her music. My kid loves her music. But there's never a moment where I'm like, and I'm so glad that she's uh, uh, overweight. Like, why do we, why do I even care? Like, why is it my job to care about her weight? So, um. Not only overweight, but the medical term is morbidly obese. Yeah, if you don't know who Lizzo is, she's a pop singer who sings really good songs. Not that terrible song that Michael always plays, but some good songs that I really like that he refuses to play. This is the one she sang in Saturday Night Live. We love this song at my house. You're not bobbing your head. You're not human. Baby, how you feeling? Good as hell. Nice. Ooh, child. On, on TV, on that version, she says, Welcome to Soul Jack. She says, Ooh, child. Tired of the foolishness. But on the song, she says the BS word, which I really like. Oh, I don't have Ooh, this. child. I'm tired. I just, I would, like to, I would like that to be our theme. We, I wish we could play that every single day. You know what? That would be a pretty good theme. Yeah, it would. For the Armstrong and Getty Show. Um, anyway, so Lizzo, she's, yeah, she's not just overweight. She's very, very large. Would, would that be fair to call it morbidly obese? Yeah. Surely oh, it yeah. is. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. As a guy who's fought his weight since I was 12 years old, I kind of keep up on that sort of stuff, yeah. She's she's dangerous. Were you ever heavy. worried you were becoming morbidly obese? Uh, like- no, I've I've been close enough. I've had my doctor say, you know, your uh, blood glucose is getting high. Uh, you're you're on the diabetes highway. I mean, you you go ahead and pop in a CD. It's going to be a while till you get there, but you're on the highway. So yeah. And so she's kind of being celebrated as uh, look, she's uh, she's comfortable with her weight, which she should she should be comfortable with herself. I don't want her to sit around feeling bad about herself. But um, isn't that great? And standing up for the morbidly obese, I guess, or whatever. And some other people have come out and made the point that, you know, that's an incredibly unhealthy uh, position to be in. Sure. And, um, and, and everybody should try really hard to avoid that. Health-wise, it is absolutely uh, akin to being a chain smoker. And then yesterday... Not I, the band. The, uh, <laughs> the habit. And then yesterday, I, uh, the, the cancer statistics, the biggest drop in cancer ever, year to year, most of it was... 
um, uh, because people have stopped smoking and we're more careful about our sun exposure. But there's been a huge increase of, in all the cancers that are caused by obesity. That's what's ramping up, and they fear that that's going to make up for, in the future, any drops that, that because we stopped smoking, mm-hmm. now we're overweight. Right. There's a lot of cancer risks and heart attack and all kinds of other stuff from being overweight. So we got to figure out the whole fat acceptance versus this is really unhealthy being 40 pounds overweight. You know, I mentioned this a while ago. If you've been listening this whole time, thank you. You're a patient human. Um, but why are we given this choice between we can either have fat acceptance, where we congratulate Lizzo for, I almost said Lippo, which would be a, that's a funny Freudian slip. It really is. So why why do we have this choice between... She can afford Lippo, Lizzo Lippo. Like, uh, why do we have this choice, he says a third time, between <laughs> praising Lizzo for being morbidly obese or screaming, Fatty sucks, I hate you, fatty. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're, we're, we're thinking intelligent beings, most of us. Can't we have a middle ground where we say, listen, I admire you, you're a brilliant musician, and, and you seem like a terrific human being, but your your weight is dangerous and, and leads to some terrible health outcomes. You know what it would help? What's the matter with people? You know what would be helpful is if they could uh, if they could put a number on it of how much is your lifestyle and how much of it you have no control over. Because I saw pictures of her when she was young. You know, I don't have any idea what her eating habits were as a child or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But she, she, she would appear to be, from seeing pictures of her when you're young, she's just one of those people that was going to be that big. Yeah. Um, I also don't know if we should expect health from our artists. The same way that, <laughs> like, if she looked like a supermodel her entire life, I don't think she makes the music she makes. Similar with, you know, Amy Winehouse's alcoholism or Michelangelo Simoni's, you know, he'd probably be diagnosed as depressed today. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But, you know, as long as it's come up and yeah, we're yeah. But see, the problem is, Sean, that, I mean, for instance, this. Um, this is uh, from Al Anonymous, a, a friend of mine. He just texted, when Lizzo and her band played a song on SNL, I remarked to my daughter, this might be the heaviest band in history by weight. She was not amused oh, yeah. even slightly. The guitar player was right. as big as Lizzo. My kid isn't overweight, but her friends revere Lizzo as a gay rights advocate and a no-body-shaming icon. And I'm just saying, I find the, good Lord, look at that picture of her. I find the no-body-shaming thing too far. You know, because what, what is legitimate concern for somebody is branded as body-shaming. But, you know, if you're talking about, like, snarky, a-hole online bitter comments. Yeah, I hate that, too. You know, your, your cruelty online. Uh, that, that is body shaming, probably. But I mean, she will die prematurely, perhaps decades prematurely. Oh, but I, if I were a betting man, I mean, the odds are overwhelming in my favor. But wouldn't it be helpful? But the same could be said about Amy Winehouse, though, right? Uh, right. Well, and people weren't, people weren't saying, hey, no substance abuse shaming. People are like, oh, my God, she's a junkie and she's going to die young. People were worried as hell about her. But at the same time, I'm not for shaming anybody or making people feel bad about themselves. But surely there's middle ground. I think you got to figure out how much of it. Uh, and I don't know if there's any way to do this. Figure out how much is your your lifestyle and how much you have any control over. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know in my family, there's a real divide genetically between the skinny part of my family. My dad, for instance, quite thin. Um, and if you have more of my mom's side of the family's genes, you're going to fight your weight your entire life. Uh, <clears throat> and it's easy to see kind of by the, well, anyway, we don't have time to get into that, but trust me, it's true. Um, so yeah, that would, that's, that's a good point. I mean, if you're going to 
shame someone? Well, we talked know. about this a couple of weeks ago. It was a, it was a, an article in the paper about when do you talk to, to a loved one or a spouse or whatever about their weight and say, look, you know, I'm worried about your health. Or do you ever do that? I don't know. We got to get our heads wrapped around this, though. If if cancer is going to start to go back up because of obesity related yeah. diseases, I tell you what, though, Lizzo's unleashing some of the greatest soul music I've heard in twenty five years. Very cool. It's solid, man. Got the groove. Oh yeah. Heaviest band ever on Saturday Night Live. It's hard, probably hard to argue with that. We'll check it during the break. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. So two presidential candidates have bought ads during the Super Bowl at a cost of $10 million per 60 seconds ad. It's $10 million? Yeah. Ooh. Wow. And it's two of the billionaires in the race. One oh. of them currently president, Donald St- Trump. Oh, oh. Oh. He's running for president again. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me it was Steyer and uh, Bloomberg. Trump and Bloomberg each okay. bought Super Bowl ads. Huh. Super. Something one, to look forward to. One of the uh, interesting advantages you have in being a billionaire. Uh, most people, even the people who are raising a lot of money, like Bernie, you wouldn't want to squander that much money on one commercial problem. Oh, yeah. That's, if you're that's a like a third what? of what Bernie raised this quarter. And he set a record. Right. Well, Trump's probably not spending the money, is he? It's his uh, campaign, which right. is raising just... But he doesn't have to worry about if they ran right. out of money. Right. Oh, yeah. His campaign is a billionaire as well. Yeah. Um, I, I saw a bunch of statistics on that. There there are a number of articles, stats, books written about how money does, just does not buy elections. It just doesn't. There's, there's not the data to back that up. Mm-hmm. It gets a tremendous amount of attention. And I've heard um, Chris Christie, it was one, he said, look, if somebody attacks you and you don't have the money to fight back, you're doomed. Well, I can believe that there's a bar you got to reach in terms of you got to have enough money that you can respond to a news story, an attack from an opponent. But above that bar, it just doesn't seem to do any good. Yeah, it's one of those things that, that it's not an even coin. If you don't have money, you're doomed. But if you do have plenty of money, it doesn't mean you're going to win. I mean, you're you're just you're ready. Maybe or, it's not pay to win; it's pay to play. Or right. anything right. above yeah, this. Well anything above this line doesn't do you any more good. Yeah. Now, if you're a lobbyist, it does you plenty of good. You write those checks because the politicians need them, and then you get access and influence. There's an article, actually, an article in the Examiner today, and just because there's an article about it doesn't mean it's true. Um, boy, see the New York Times. Boy, amen to that, brother. <laughs> Washington Post and and the and the Washington Examiner, which Iraq leans... is voted to expel American troops. But this, for instance, but this article is about how Elizabeth Warren is on the ropes. So I don't know if she's actually on the ropes, but she's dropped a fair amount. Her fundraising was below Biden's last quarter. Yeah, she's dropped a fair amount, and it would sure look like in this. Everybody thought this would happen. Her support went to Bernie. Bernie's surging, and she's falling. I doubt that that's. A coincidence. Oh, Liz Warren spoke uh, yesterday, was it, in front of a group, an Iranian-American group that's been investigated repeatedly for being a tool of the Iranian regime. Liz Warren showed up, praised them arm in arm about the warmonger Trump and the rest of it, and I stand with you, an organization that has been investigated repeatedly for being an unregistered lobbyist for the mullahs. Nice job, Liz. Anyway, um, oh, 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 speaking of Iran, the one thing we haven't talked about, 
because I don't think it probably has anything to do with the U.S., but hours after Iran unleashed those missiles at the unoccupied corner of our airfields, although I will pause and, and tell you, there are some people within the administration who are saying now, oh, yeah, they were trying to kill our guys. It was not an intentional miss, which is a bit of a head-scratcher to me. I'm not sure what's going on there. We're we're still trying to figure it out, but because it sure looked like an intentional miss to me, and it's easily explained why they would do that. It's almost impossible to explain why the mullahs would decide to snuff a bunch of our guys and get into open warfare with the greatest military power that's ever existed. But having said that, hours after they lobbed those missiles in the direction of our base in Iraq, a Ukrainian airliner crashed. In Iran, it's amazing on, how this. Get my tinfoil hat. It's it, amazing well, how this and, and, and your rabbit hole flashlight. It's amazing how this hasn't gotten more attention. Yeah, major plane crash. Many people dead. Okay, oh. man. If you were going to try to cover up the deaths of people, what would? How would you do it, man? You would crash a plane. That explains it. Yeah, but that's where you put the. But nobody's covering it up. I mean, we're all looking at it. That's what you think, man. Okay, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> so anyway, the latest. And by the way, this is so Iran. Iran is refusing to hand over the black box to Boeing to study to figure out what might have gone wrong or the FAA or anything Why? like that. Well, they said, no, we'll look Why? into it. Excellent question, Jack, because it's a cover-up. Right, Epstein. Well, listen, <laughs> Epstein was aboard the flight, alive. Um, but, but so the latest, as far as we can tell, and this has to do with satellite tracking and uh, and video that was taken, is about eight minutes after it took off, it seemed to... Um, there was a, some sort of explosion of fireball that turned around and tried to come back. So people are saying accidental missile strike, bomb. I would have thought if, if the mullahs decided to sacrifice 176 people, some Iranians, but a hell of a lot of Ukrainians, um, they would have immediately said the U.S. shot it down. One theory I heard from a sober commentator was that in the wake of hurling the missiles our way, Iran didn't know for sure how we'd we'd react, mm. and they may have misinterpreted that airliner as some sort of uh, American attack plane and shot it down. I will point out, and this is this is a sickening moment in American history. We made that mistake and shot down an Iranian jetliner passenger plane. When was that? In the early nineties. Trying to remember. Oh, it was a sickening incident and a horrifying error. Um, these things happen. So, and in it, because that plane can fly with one engine. The original story was one of the engines failed. That plane can fly fine with one engine. It is, it is, got missiles flying around and a plane goes down. And that was just a coincidence. Right. Is, when tensions are the highest they've been in decades. Is a little hard to swallow. Yeah. Um, and we would have reason to aid them in covering it up if they accidentally shot down the plane, wouldn't we? Because we want tensions lower, too. Yeah, yeah, plane, uh, you say the plane went down? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It's just uh, just one of those crashes. A funny coincidence. Because we no, nobody wants extra stress on this relationship between us and Iran. Plus the fact that it was a plane full of Ukrainians. I mean, let's face it, they've been in the news a bit. Um, but we I, we wouldn't. It would get out. Somebody would leak it, and they should. Um I will point out, though. That they accidentally shot it down? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, somebody would say something. That that we we have every belief it was an Iranian missile brought down their, their own passenger plane. Anyway, I will tell you this. Having made the case that it can't be a coincidence, a lot of you remember this. It was within two weeks, wasn't it, of 9-11 
that an airliner crashed departing from one of the New York uh, area airports. Oh right. I can't remember if it was LaGuardia. Oh or... right. I think you I think it was. And and my god, all of us in the news and talk radio business went to Defcon 1. Our boss, who is a smart guy and an expert in the business, says I'm 90% chan- sure, 99% chan- sure it's terrorism. We got to get down to work. Um it turned out not to be. It was just a plane crash. It was just a plane crash. Um Sean, would you like to rebut that argument? It's not just a plane crash, man. You, you, you're just being spoon-fed what they're telling you. There you go. <laughs> you're Thank being you. spoon-fed. Thank you. That's that a way, good one. That way maybe somebody won't write that email to me and I'll have to read it. But So we'll see. But that's a hell of a strange thing. 190 people died? 176, they oh. think. Yeah. yeah, which is plenty. That's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely terrible. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one, too, but... Mm. Yeah, I tell you what, the uh, we've talked plenty about the news coverage of this whole thing and how it's just nakedly inaccurate. It makes me crazy. I mean, if people are are into, they're, they're reading, they're watching some of the allegedly most respected news outlets in America, and they are being spoon-fed, man, have truths at best. How do you fault people for being misinformed? Here's a good example for you. This is the truth that misleads. They mentioned on several of the liberal news outlets this morning that polls show Americans did not like the strike. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was it was more than thought the opposite. Uh, they disliked the strike and they said it makes us less safe, which is one of those narratives that were kicking around in the first uh, couple of days after the thing is this has made us less safe. Well, yeah, in the same way that when a slave is escaping the plantation, during that escape, they're less safe than if they had stayed. You know, when an abused spouse is trying to escape that, they're less safe during that leaving process. You know, it's funny. I I just had surgery. I'm doing physical therapy. I'm getting into it hard, and it's going real well. I'm in more pain than I was last week before I started physical therapy. So it's made me less safe. I mean, it's it's almost like we're children and we can't understand the difference between a short-term sacrifice for a long-term good. When I did chemotherapy, I felt, I felt way worse than I did before I started it. Well, you're on the freaking doorstep of death at times or so, it seems. I felt know? fine before it. So it's, it's right. a, that's a very good analogy. Yeah, and so that's just, it's so dumb. Yeah. These people are so smart, their yeah. coverage is so dumb. Or they know what they're doing. Or, yeah, they're they're trying to fulfill a purpose. You're hey, right. We got a couple of texts on the whole money thing, and then I'll get away from it. Um, the Clinton campaign outspent Trump 2-1 to one in the 2016 race, which is a, a good point to make. Sure. Also, Jeb raised money and spent money like crazy. I'm sorry, crazy. who? Jeb Bush. Jeb! <laughs> Exclamation point. Jeb Bush spent money like crazy and never cracked 1%, I don't think. Please clap. So, uh, you know, whatevs. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, uh, I'm starting to get a little excited. I know I, this is my thing. This is my sport. I don't watch football. I watch presidential races, which is sick. Mm. But um, I, I'm starting to think Bernie's going to come out of Iowa and New Hampshire with a head full of steam. Uh, a white, balding, uncombed head full of steam. <laughs> um, that, that's going to be wild. Bernie. I mean, I, I kind of dismissed Bernie as possibly being the candidate. That but, would be exciting as hell for political observers. Absolutely. I mean, if he got elected, it'd be, uh, you know, probably the end of the republic. Elizabeth but... Warren gets the nomination. Everybody expects her to kind of tone down the free Medicare. Because she's Bernie's a liar. Bernie's not. Right. Bernie ain't toning down nothing. No way. <laughs> I mean this stuff. Bernie's Bernie. Heck yeah, he does.
Workers of the world unite! Which is one of the reasons people like him. They know he's not he's, he's not full of it. Right, he's a sincere maniac. The people that like him. Yeah. Um. So that that's man, that's pretty exciting stuff. Bernie and Trump on the same stage. I said, I said to my niece, "What's that going to be like?" She's wearing a Bernie shirt at the time. She's going to be a lot of yelling and pointing. I think you're right. A lot of yelling and pointing. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you got like Bernie and Liz on top and Biden a distant third or fourth or something like that, the Democratic Party, the power brokers, the contributors, uh, the donors and and the heavyweights, the governors, the senators, they're all going to gather in a secret airplane hangar in Washington, D.C., look at each other and say, holy F, holy F, well, holy and, F. And the biggest big dog of all is it has been reported Obama will enter intervene in this if it looks like Bernie or Elizabeth or someone like that is going to get the nomination. What, like get in the race? He's going to, no, he's going to jump Obama! in. Obama! He's going to jump in and start talking about it and give See, his I opinion. See, I told you Obama would try to go for a third term. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's going to invade Texas. And invade Texas. He beat me to it. Damn it. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A charming music selection, Michael, as we are about to talk about a bus. Yeah, good song, as we've got a great 911 call about a bus coming up. Sorry, but breaking news, breaking news. From just eight minutes ago. When news breaks the donkey brays at the Armstrong and Getty Show. Right on time, Brendan. CBS, CBS News, among others, are now reporting U.S. officials are confident that the Ukrainian airplane we were just talking about was shot down by Iran. U.S. intelligence picked up signals of the radar being turned on and satellite detected infrared blips of two missile launches, probably SA-15s, followed shortly by another infrared blip of an explosion in the air, which was those 176 souls losing their lives. Well, it's it makes perfectly good sense. It makes more sense than the story of, no, it's just a coincidence, planes crash and here's one that crashed. They're on hair trigger alert, wondering if they're about to be attacked by Israel or the United States or or Saudi Arabia or whoever. Listen, and they shot down a plane that was in the sky. I'm astounded. I mean, I can barely even put the sentence together without swearing. I can't blanking believe they're running commercial domestic, uh, you know, uh, passenger flights. Oh, right. In and out of Iranian airspace that night or that morning. With an hour. Seriously? Right. Wow. Wow. Well, let uh, why won't Iran let anybody else look at the black boxes? Well, I got a good good reason for yeah. you. Oh, my God. Well, okay. There you have it. Hmm. Michael, do we have transition music ready? Oh, yeah, first yeah, transition is, music of 2020. That's so heavy. If we're making a transition from one thing to another that's just excruciating, this music just makes you forget what I, I don't even remember what we were talking All right, make it stop. Make it stop. All right, what's what's next? So we'll play this 911 call, and then we'll fill in the details that we have. Okay, here we go. I'm on the 947 bus. I just left El Al Junction, and I went to get my suitcase from under the thing, and the door closed, and he's driving away, and I'm underneath the bus. I went to get my suitcase under the bus, and I'm stuck under the bus. Wait, you're stuck under the bus? Ten, ten. Okay, so that I'm very scared. Don't worry, I'm sending police right now. So, uh, my n- question: Who threw her under the bus? 
and you threw me under the bus. Um, it's a he, actually. It is? Yeah, that's yeah. what we're told. It's yeah. a 19-year-old with a, a high voice. Okay, that's funny. And not technically under the bus. You need to be more clear with your 911 operator, as uh, under the bus would be... Like yeah. a John McClane and Die Hard situation where you're holding on to the drive shaft. Right. Apparently they were putting their bag into the big, giant door you got under the bus and somehow yeah. like through the, the door closed on them, and because they got that high voice, they're so weak they were pushed under the bus. <laughs> hey, and the hey, door hey, closed, I'm in here. And they couldn't get out. And right. Then, so you're calling it. Boy, it'd be dark in there. Dang. And loud. And kind of slidey and headbangy, too. <laughs> you wouldn't be in a lot of danger. I would think, is there enough air in here? But other, yeah, other than... Other surely. than the air thing, I wouldn't be that oh, panicked I, about it. But I, well, yeah, how far are you going? Yeah, what's I the mean, next stop? Is this a Greyhound bus and you're going from uh, New Orleans to El Paso and you're going to be on it for 15 hours? Well, wait a minute now. <laughs> that would be inconvenient. Or are you going over to Main Street and you'll be out in 30 seconds? I think your worst problem would be being battered somewhat as things slide around. You might get a fat lip and you know a couple of bruises. I turn on my little flashlight on my iPhone. I start going through people's luggage. <laughs> That's what I do. (laughs) And then when they get to the destination and open the compartment, you burst out and run away. Got myself a laptop. (laughs) Like some sort of bus gremlin. New pair of dress shoes, size too small, but I can fit in them. (laughs) I just won't wear socks. (laughs) Wow. Wow, that's a bad way to be. Anywho. Cheap ticket. (laughs) So prior to cell phones, of course, you'd have just been in there. Waiting it up. Banging and screaming. And nobody to hear you. No way anybody to hear you. No, probably not. I know very little about bus structure, but yeah, I don't think you'd be hurt. Hey, I want to throw this in before the end of the hour briefly for the good folks of Portlandia. Uh, Oregon Live is, uh, is reporting that there's been for a long time a Portland sobering station. It's a compassionate and, and lefty progressive city. And if you get hammered, they got a place for you to go to sober up without, you know, arresting in jail and the rest of it. And they have a roving drunk van service. Ah! The radio host Jim Rome used to joke about these things. Dial 1-800-BLAH! But anyway, if you're too wasted a function, they'll take you somewhere. You, you, you mellow out, and then they turn you loose. Um, but they've had to close it now because there's been too much violence. It's not people who had one too many glasses of wine anymore it's tweakers and heroin junkies and pcp maniacs and the rest of it and it's just become too dangerous for everyone it's become a hardcore junkie psychiatric center and as they say um we don't have medicine we don't have padded safety rooms we don't have resources at the sobering center to do the hands-on intervention that happens in psychiatric centers it just isn't an acceptable risk anymore which sounds a lot about the emergency rooms we've been talking about, which have turned into, you know, like the the the, the roughest, toughest, scariest, um, you know, police drunk tank in town. The the folks who work at emergency rooms have to be ready to use their fists at any moment. So we got this text on the previous subject. So Iranians kill a bunch of innocent Canadian citizens. Canadian citizens? Ukrainian. Well, there are all sorts of different people yeah, on the plane. Yeah, there's a lot or... of Canadians on the plane. Oh, okay. okay. All right. 
So Iranians kill a bunch of innocent Canadian citizens. I assume the Ukrainian citizens were innocent also. Uh, to flex their power, in quotes. I guess the media will report it with a loop of Soleimani reading poetry in the background. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's a popular thing. Oh, Here, here's how sensitive he was, this great leader. Here, right. here he's reading poetry. and He's we very him. respective. Um, but Respected. yeah, that's what I said yesterday. A face-saving maneuver that's, you know, you accidentally hit a truck full of Americans in World War Three starts, where in this case you shot down, you killed 180 people innocently mm-hmm. to f- save face. That's, uh, that's pretty rough. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com.